Hey friends, this is a topic that I've really wanted to talk about with you and probably could take on the form of multiple conversations, but the angle of this particular episode is really going to be about our well-being and how distraction affects that. And I just find the idea of distraction can be a little overwhelming when you start thinking about all the things that pull at you, all the ways that we can get distracted, all the ways that it actually costs us. And so I'm going to give you a little challenge for today's episode. I'm going to challenge you to listen to this episode all the way through without being distracted. And I know a lot of you listen in the car. You might listen on a walk. You might be doing other things. That's okay. Podcasts, that's normal. That's how I listen to podcasts too. But see if you can get through the whole thing without being distracted to the point of needing to pause this. That's a really interesting challenge because it is at the core of why I think this is so important. Not because you can never pause the podcast, of course, but noticing that this is ultimately a subject matter that really we all tangle with. I think it might surprise you how much it affects our well-being. So I think that we tend to think that they are kind of a normal part of our life, distractions. But I think it's really important to step back and notice how much this is really happening and how many interruptions in our day-to-day life end up taking over our life. They become our life. They become our schedule. And if you don't schedule your priorities, then your calendar becomes a bunch of just tasks. It becomes a lot of what later on feels useless and mundane and non-essential. And what you ultimately feel is drained and a loss of purpose and not feeling plugged into something bigger, which for most of us is our contribution to the world, what we want to do, what we want to show up as, how we want to make a lasting impact. That can be in motherhood, that can be in marriage, that can be in our church, it can be in our community, it can be through schools, it could be in our, you know, our business. If we're an entrepreneur, it can be in so many places and usually more than one, but interruptions create wedges in our time that we can't get back. And that's what I find so fascinating when you hear someone say, I I just can't, I just don't have the time. It's as though time is something we go out looking for. Like we, we have to go find the time. And what I think happens is as soon as we feel that way about time, or we notice that pattern, we've already lost it because it isn't something you find or lose. It's something you have to take ownership ahead of time of and be super purposeful with. Otherwise, it truly will escape your mind. It will escape your calendar. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you were running through a million things at 2 a.m. that you couldn't stop thinking about, but you wake up at 6 a.m. and you can't remember them because you're immediately distracted by something else. That is such an obvious example of how quickly in our day we become distracted usually within the first five minutes, if we're not careful, we can get pulled in some direction. So, you know, let's say you have certain goals you want to reach. You want to work towards greater overall health and making a bigger impact. You're not going to be able to do that without focus. And there are so many hidden costs of distraction. You know, I noticed that a lot of people, and I used to fall into this trap, so I'll speak from my own perspective fall into the trap of believing they can multitask through nearly everything that they're doing. 
And, you know, some would argue that, you know, they're more efficient when they're multitasking. What I noticed though, is it's possible to do things at the same time. Like you can walk and chew gum, you can walk and talk on the phone, you can drive and listen to a podcast. There are things you can do, but when it comes to your true laser focus, cognitive ability to really dive deep, to get to that like unharnessed creativity, your mind just going and going and going. You can't be doing something else at the same time and do that to its maximum capability. And how do I know this? Well, back in the 1920s, that phrase was coined. It actually was coined in the 1920s, multitasking. And then it became really popular around the 1960s. You started to hear that more and more. But what is not taken into account is that that term really comes from describing technology. It first became popular when describing the early computers. And it's so interesting that we would somehow compare ourselves to a computer. I find that fascinating because we joke about having all the tabs open on our screen and how that's like our brain. But here's the difference. Our brain isn't a computer in the same way. It houses so much amazingness and we can harness it to do even more than a computer because we're human. We have all of this other side, which is the soul and the spirit and so much more than a computer. But we don't have the ability to toggle without a cost. And so when we go from task to task, we aren't multitasking. We are switching tasks. We are going to a new task and our brain has to refresh to get there. Now, it doesn't mean we forget what we were working on, but oftentimes we do. Let's be real. That does happen. And that is a huge cost because the cost of jumping back in, we'll talk about that in a minute. But that is something that I think needs to be acknowledged first and foremost. You cannot understand distraction without understanding how much of a myth multitasking is. Now, I'll give you an example. In my business, there might be times where I'm waiting at the dance studio for my daughter's dance class to finish and I'm responding to texts and I'm able to check some things on social media and I'm able to do all that. And it feels like multitasking because I'm physically sitting somewhere waiting for her and able to get my work done. That's a great example of really just being at the right place and able to take my work with me because I'm not able to teach the dance class and check my work. <laughs> you know, I'm only physically there waiting and able to be there if she needs me, but yet I am focused on the work, right? So a lot of times we misuse the term multitask. That's not actually what it is. It's being where I need to be and able to work from where I am. That's a very big distinction and it's beautiful and it's awesome. And you can do that without being distracted. Although sometimes your environment can make you a little more distracted, that's for sure. But that's a very big distinction. And so I want to clarify that because we misuse that word a lot. And I just, I think it's important. We don't have the innate quality that computers do in the same way. But when we harness it, we can harness it to a fuller extent. And that's what's beautiful. So the other thing, and you know, obviously I'm not a medical professional and I'm not taking this from 
that perspective. But I think what you'll notice is overall well-being. You can detect that without some sort of clinical data, although there is a lot of clinical data on this. Studies have really found that the cost of distractions also affects something way more important than just your productivity. And that is your well-being. And so that's why I feel like this conversation is so needed because distractions can actually make you feel more stressed and anxious. They can actually physically make you feel that way. How do I know this? Well, in 2021, I would say I was at the height of experiencing distractions and not harnessing them. So what I mean by that is I would notice it was happening, but I wasn't asserting my focus into the mix. I was allowing it even when I was conscious that it was happening. Now, the difference in 2022 is that when I notice it happening, I'm really quick to put a stop. And I'm actually getting really good at catching it before then by creating some different, I would say, boundaries, barriers, guardrails, different ways of protecting myself from excess distraction. But what I was noticing was I was much more quickly anxious or much more quickly stressed about something than I would normally have been. And I I was wondering what was at the cause of that? My life hadn't changed dramatically, definitely not in a negative way, other than allowing this time to go towards whatever else was pulling me. And again, sometimes it could have been even kind of hidden as a good thing. Like it was a good thing, but it was pulling me away from my most essential priorities. And that was never going to ultimately lead me to feel good. And that's the well-being part of this is understanding that the cost of our focus and our attention is going to be something. There is a cost somewhere. So if your your attention is going to something that's not one of your top priorities, it will leave you feeling depleted and often stressed and often anxious. And that can affect your whole body. I mean, I'm sure you know this, but it can affect your whole body. It can affect how you respond to sickness and, you know, normal day-to-day life situations. It can make you not want to get out of bed in the morning. It can make you lose your appetite. It can make you eat more. It can make you not want to exercise. So many things. And obviously all of those things can play into much bigger life situations. The other thing that I noticed in this season in 2021, when I was really experiencing heavy loads of distraction was it also affected my accuracy. And it, you know, it totally makes sense because I talked about how your brain actually doesn't multitask the way that a computer does. It has to focus on something. So whatever you're focusing on, whatever you're giving your focus to is your focus. And a lot of times that's a distraction that we're giving our focus to. So if there's something actually important that we do need, then that's going to get a lower accuracy because our brain isn't laser focused on that thing. Now, if you notice it and you're able to step out of it and move to the thing that's your priority, then you can increase your accuracy again. But a lot of times we don't realize we're kind of numbing to distractions. We don't really even notice how much they are distractions. And it can be audio, it can be visual, It can even just be thinking about something else while we're somewhere else. I'm sure that's happened to you. And you know what? It can happen so quickly. It can take as little as three seconds to derail your focus and affect your accuracy. 
I mean, it's honestly the other reason that I do not have any notifications on my phone because I don't like beeps. I don't like buzzing. I don't want a ringtone all the time. Even notifications for my social media apps, I don't allow them to come to my main screen because if by chance I'm working on something and I'm really in a good place, the last thing I want is a message to come through to pull me off center that could wait 15 minutes. And I'll tell you, you know, anyone that knows me knows that if they needed to get a hold of me, if they needed to tell me something super pressing, they would call or they would text. I mean, if you're in my circle and you know my phone number, you know, I'm not weirded out by you calling me. That does not weird me out at all. In fact, I would know it was probably pretty important. And I would immediately call you back, even though my phone wouldn't ring. I would see the missed call and text, you know, same way. I check those first. Email is not my go-to. And that's also because it's several layers down and I don't put notifications up. So I'm not going to see that until probably like the third or fourth layer. And that's how I designed it. I want to make sure that it doesn't take me a long time to get back into focus mode if I get distracted. Because distractions are going to happen. They're, they're part of life. You can't avoid them altogether. But having these strategies in place to keep yourself able to get back in quickly or as quickly as possible is key. This was so wild to me when I looked this up. The recovery time from being distracted. I mean, even the shortest distractions have this startling effect. And one study found that it takes an astounding 23 minutes and 15 seconds to regain your focus after an interruption. And what I mean by that is like that intense focus. Let's say you're writing a book and you are in it and you are cranking and you get a phone call and you're on that phone call. Maybe it's even just a reminder for a doctor's appointment, you know, and they call to confirm it. You look at your calendar, you confirm, yep, it's on my calendar. Perfect. Thank you. Hang up. It will take your brain and your focus possibly 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back into that same place mentally in your focus that you were before that phone call came through. That is incredible. And that is every distraction. So how much of your day, like think about this, how much of your day is spent in distraction recovery? I know for me, like when I thought about that, when I was creating this, outline for today's episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go look at that. And just off the top of my head, thinking about yesterday, I could pinpoint at least three or four times that I probably did have that 20 minute distraction. That is a good chunk of my day. There's only 24 hours in my day and I'm only awake for, you know, what, 16 hours of them. That's a lot of my day recovering from distraction. And this is even with guardrails up. So I think it's noticing that sometimes we welcome distractions and that's okay when they're intentional. We're like, you know, this is when I'm eating my lunch. I like to be distracted right now. But it's noticing that it could take longer to get out of it and back into focused work than you might think. And so one strategy I've used is instead of allowing myself to get pulled into something like social media or, you know, maybe even just something productive that I want to be doing around the house, but yet I know if I start that one task, it's going to take me a long time to get back into productivity. I found that like going for a quick walk or even like standing up and doing some like small exercises, just some light arm weights I have at home or a little 
bar workout I have because I have a bar up in our workout room and even doing that for 15 minutes, it's productive. Number one, because I'm doing something, I'm moving my body. It puts me in a more peak focused state because my brain works better when I'm active. But also I am not distracted in the same way as I would be as if I was consuming. And I just know that about myself. I'm sure you have found some of these things to be true about you if you've examined your distractions, but it is something to take a look at because there are ways to improve that even when you want to be able to disconnect and just unwind. I think we've put the term unwind in a category that also typically means consuming something else. And that's not necessarily the case. It doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to be consuming something else to unwind. It can be kind of hard at first to be quiet and be still and just go outside without headphones on and go for a walk or make time for prayer that's quiet or meditation or a yoga practice. It can be hard, but the offset of that and the cost of not doing that could be so great that you notice it in the short term and long term. The other thing, and maybe you've noticed this yourself, I started to notice this in 2021, and this is actually something that got my attention. Do you remember a time where you felt like you could remember everything? You could remember what you were going to do next week and what day you made plans with someone and, you know, what your schedule looked like. And now I really, I really rely on my calendar. I rely on it to tell me everything. And even though some things I do remember, I do rely on looking at it each day, or I try to look at it early in the week for the whole week, but I'm often having to refresh looking at it just to jog my memory. And there is a correlation between the amount of distraction that we as humans consume, like especially related to the internet and social media, the amount that we are taking in. Researchers have found that what we can remember has changed since the invention of the internet, which is really crazy. Our memory functions have actually been altered. This is definitely tied to distraction. There's a close relationship between being out in nature and the outdoors and unwinding in the sense of not consuming and the number and frequency of thoughts we create per day and the amount that we actually consume and how that affects our thoughts and our mind and our bodies. And so when we think about the cost, I want you to think about some of that cost we've already seen play out and how far does that cost go? So how do you prevent them? I mean, I've given you some of the things that have worked for me, but I want to talk about those because I think if I didn't, I'd be doing a huge disservice. Like obviously I mentioned the notifications. I mentioned how I caught myself in 2021 starting to go down a path I wasn't a fan of. I could see that the compound effect of some of those choices, if I didn't pull it together, was going to be large. It was going to be a lot. And, you know, there's nothing drastic here. It wasn't, it wasn't anything outwardly that someone else might know, maybe my husband, because I share a lot with him. But I do think that we have a pretty good barometer on how we spend our time and energy. If we're really being honest with ourselves, we can usually say, you know, I was a lot less present today. I really was. I was a lot less focused. Just kind of did a bunch of stuff, but I don't really know 
when or how, or I didn't really have a plan for it. Like, you know, if that's your day, you definitely know if that's how your day goes. And there are going to be those days. Of course, I'm certainly not perfect at this. I'm sure you can tell I'm, I'm not because, you know, getting a podcast out every week or every two weeks, it's work. It takes effort. It takes planning. It takes preparation. And in the summer, you know what? Some of that time is not my own, right? So I, I have to go with it. But what I notice is when I am really clear on cutting out distractions, I feel so much better. And so I'm sure people can tell outwardly when I've protected myself from distraction. And then the output over time is definitely greater. So the first thing is we need to definitely take control of our devices. And I don't think that's just our phone, but it's certainly mostly the phone. Obviously, our phone is the gateway to a lot of communication. It's how we do nearly everything. Most people do their banking on their phone. They check in with loved ones and acquaintances and friends and people they don't even like. And they listen to podcasts and music and check the weather. They check their stocks. Obviously, they check the news. Sometimes the news is delivered to you even when you're not checking it. And that is so much. Imagine a world where you had to physically sit down at a computer, log in, wait 20 minutes, log into your email. Only if someone was online, could you talk to them? I mean, that was not that long ago. That was the world I grew up in. That was my generation. And so to think we've just taken all of those things that used to be, you kind of scheduled that time. You kind of knew when you were going to be on AOL, instant messenger and AOL logging in, you knew, okay, I'm going to do that at 10 o'clock at night. So that's typically when all your friends were getting on, but you wouldn't be distracted by that all day. You might think about it occasionally, but you weren't physically doing that and trying to do other things. And now I just think about how much that device is pretty much always with us. And it definitely, you know, it's the reason I don't have notifications, but even with that, it's hard not to look for your phone at home. It's easier to set it down and just, okay, I'm going to leave it downstairs and I'm going to go upstairs with kids. Like I do that quite a bit, but when you're out and about, your phone is typically with you. And if it's not, you can also run into challenges because it's like how you pay for things. You know, if you go certain places, that might be your, your way of paying for things. It's just crazy how much is connected. So whether it's checking your email at only certain times or only being available for follow-up at certain times a day, or maybe it's just times where you're not available, like really from three o'clock till about eight o'clock. I'm not very available. I'm with my family. I'm with the kids after school, so many activities, so many things. And pretty much anyone close to me in my life that knows our life wouldn't be surprised if it took me a while to get back to them during that period of time. And that's okay with me. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't want myself to be distracted in that time as much as I can protect it. So the second is actually scheduling breaks, scheduling breaks for your brain. Like when are you going to be really laser focused? And then when is it okay to give your brain a break? Because if you don't schedule them, your brain is going to go looking for them and it's going to not be very productive. It's going to be the things that take your time. And then you look up and an hour has passed and you don't know where that hour went. So if you schedule breaks and your brain goes, okay, I know in 20 minutes, I'm going to go outside and take a quick walk around the block. And you're not, 
you're not looking for that distraction nearly as much. You actually might anticipate and look forward to the distraction, but you know what it is. You already know it's coming. Of course, I'm not talking about things that you can't pre-plan. I know life happens and things come up, but I'm talking about the things that are truly you know, self-created and self-allowed and without any guardrails. Okay, the third is to train yourself to get back into your focus more quickly, which let's be honest, this is not easy. I think the best advice I have on this one is to remind yourself really what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because if you remember why it's important, whatever you're laser focused on, maybe it's work. And let's say you only have a finite amount of time per day to get your work done. And you know, hey, if I don't get this done before I go pick up the kids from school, it's not getting done today. And the reason this is really important is that this allows me to X, Y, and Z. So if I put that back in focus and I get laser focus on that, then it does become easier for my brain to regain focus. It becomes, okay, I can do this. Now, let's say you're staring at a computer screen all day. It can be hard to focus. I mean, your eyes, your body, you might just need to change your physical actual stance. You might need to stand up. You might need to see if there's a way you can dictate what you need to write instead of actually typing it over and over. Because there are times where our body fatigues just doing repetitive things. So I try to notice, like, have I stretched today? Have I moved my shoulders? Am I feeling tense? Is my neck feeling like I, you know, it weighs 10,000 pounds because my head is just so stiff? Like, am I doing things that allow myself to be in this better state? And even if it's like, okay, I need to just eat better foods midday because if I don't eat a good lunch, which I have found, I eat a good lunch, my whole day is better because I'm able to focus after lunch, which for me typically had been a lost time. I used to lose a lot of time after lunch because I couldn't focus nearly as well as I could in the morning. And when I look at some of the patterns I had created, it's pretty easy to see why. I wasn't always eating the best at lunch because it was just me. I wasn't cooking for my family. It was easy to be like, oh, well, I'll cook a good dinner, which is fine, except that my brain didn't understand that. And while I could get away with it physically, it wasn't producing the same output. Really lethargic and not in a extreme way, but just in a way that didn't allow me to stay as laser focused. So I wouldn't necessarily always take naps, but my brain would easily wander and I would give it permission to wander because I knew this just isn't my most productive time of day. So even like, and this is so funny, even being at home, like if I didn't have makeup on, that might be a time where I'd go put makeup on to like wake myself up a little bit or if I hadn't washed my face yet that day, go wash my face, like do something that changes my physical stance. It's amazing how that helps. And I, of course, would tell you that one of the most powerful things that I did in the last year is I got really disciplined about my sleep. There are not many nights that I'm not already in bed by 930. And that was a big shift. That's about an hour difference in sleep that I'm getting now that I wasn't getting before. And when you add that up over the course of a week and then a month and then a year, it's no wonder that that makes a huge difference. I mean, it makes a big difference in so many areas, but I would say memory, ability to focus, ability to push out distractions, because those are really just your mind allowing itself to wander and not being 
intentional with it. And I know that the things that I want in my life and the goals I have for my family and our home and my business and this podcast are going to require my best. They are going to require my best. And in order to be my best, I have to know what the cost of distractions are. So I hope this was useful. Please subscribe, rate, review, share the podcast. That's how others hear about it. I so appreciate each of you. And I hope you love today's episode.